C notes, bank three C notes. Yes, sir. It's the Do Your Homework podcast. This is episode four. It's your boy, Jamie. It's Kyle Lane. What's up? It's Ant. Welcome back. Welcome back. So, you know, we're going to keep up with the uh, similar format this episode. Just going to be uh, doing our Make Your Case segment uh, where we each bring some fresh new music to the table. We discuss it. We discuss why we think it's dope, why, you think, why we think you should be listening to it. We're also... Going to be continuing with our by the year seg- segment with 1986. We started with 84. Last week was 85. This year we're doing 86, and things are progressing real nicely, real freshly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, also, we got pop filters now. Yeah, <laughs> so say that. yeah, so yeah. shout out to me having to do a lot less editing now. <laughs> wow. Well, shout out, shout out, shout out to them. This for helping guy. helping your boy out. Oh man. Saving me a few hours on the editing. Right. Right. So um if you've been listening and the P's and T's have been sounding real hard, your ears are about to be blessed with <laughs> wow. a lot of grace. The See, disrespect. It's, it's better it's the better shade. already, man. Hot yeah. takes already. Right. Hot takes already. Yeah, I mean we're we're not stopping. Um so <laughs> Kyle, I believe you're you're I mean, do you, do you guys wanna catch up? You guys wanna catch up on what? On on our lives, man. No. I mean, we're people too. We can't just be the nerds doing people's homework, and you know, we're people too. Oh, that's no, a, I no. Mean, All right. Fair what enough. do we feel like sharing here? I mean, I mean a lot mean, of stuff has happened. I just went to the lo- beach this weekend. It was nice, great. nice, man. Yeah. I haven't been to the beach once this summer. Yeah, neither have I. Why? Actually, no, no, no. I've been no, once. I went. On. I went last weekend. I went in Martin's Vineyard. Yeah. That's the beach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. There was sand. There was water. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> The book that, dictionary. I think that was the beach, the if beach. I'm not right. mistaken. Yeah, that was definitely the beach. Yeah. Uh, so, so and, that was cool. Yeah, what's good with you? Um, not much actually. You know, uh, yeesh. Same week, man. I mean, same week. You went to IKEA, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, I went to IKEA. I picked me up a nice little stool so I can actually, you know, feel a little more comfortable when I'm doing this here for you guys. It's got a cushion and everything. Ants really yeah for the yeah I'm dedicated <laughs> Just I'm dedicated in case you ever you know. doubted his I gotta be comfortable you know you know how bosses do you know yeah <laughs> facts only so um what about you Jamie man you know I've just been doing some things okay chilling. suspect <laughs> okay. okay hey man y'all need to know what I'm doing I'm just making moves behind the scenes Quite you know nice. what I mean Quite nice. always but I enjoyed a nice little weekend so uh without further ado we're going to kick it off with the Make Your Case segment. Kyle, do the honors, if you would, sir. Shall I make a case for this artist? Please make a case, man. Hailing from. Why should I care? <sighs> He's hailing from Houston. Okay. By way of L.A., if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. It's happened before, right? Right. An artist goes to another place. Oh, Some the inspiration time. to find an opportunity. Guru. Guru. Yeah. Right. The Boston Prime guy. Example. Uh-huh. Went to New York. Somehow is more mm-hmm. New York. Yep. Affiliated than Boston. Right. Yeah. I never really got that, but yeah. that's for a later episode. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy's name is Javon Doe. 
Okay. It's been on the scene since June 2016. Didn't mean to rhyme on that, actually, but came out pretty smoothly. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you're right. Um, his first mixtape was called Story of My Life, um, and that was last year. Uh, this one that just came out, I believe this week, um, is a little bit of a, a shorter project. It's an EP. We're looking at six songs here. Mm. Okay. Which is something I love. Um, I, I love when artists want to just give six samples or eight samples mm-hmm. of who they Short are as an artist. When I look at a 17-track album, for me, that's daunting. I don't know mm, how you guys feel about I agree. that. It's I a little daunting to me. To I, I, in my personal opinion, I feel like you have to have some some years in in the game. Like, yeah, not gotta, necessarily. You got to be an established artist. Not necessarily. Uh, well, I mean, Jesus was it would relatively help. short, right? Very I short. mean, there's an art to like, like making that. an LP. You know what I mean? The theme is huge when you make an LP. I honestly think you know? ten is the perfect amount. And that's not just because Illmatic is my favorite album. Yeah. Right. But 10, 12, thir- 13 at most. Yeah, if that's you're, If you're nice. over 13, you're really pushing it. Like, I don't, like, and that just comes down to um, cutting the fat and yeah. also condensing. Well. Because there's mm-hmm. a lot, sometimes, like, you don't need that song on there. Right. right. Cut that song off. Or, like, oh, those right. two songs could be merged. Right. Or something Absolutely. like that. So I'm with you, Kyle. Well, you know, and I don't really know how much the record label has to do with that and Mm -hmm. in terms of pushing their agenda to get as many tracks down for this artist on this one project. But Mm. I prefer that short and sweet model. And I see that some rappers or or some artists in general are starting to go back to that. So uh, let's keep it coming in my eyes. Okay. So that's one reason why I'm making a case. Um, The other one is I like this content um, so far from this artist. He's mostly talking about his life and his struggles, something that you guys obviously know that I um, liked about Vic Mensa's last project Mm -hmm. that I reviewed uh, on the previous show. Um, This artist is very similar to that. He's talking about um, uh, the struggles that he's gone through. Um, A lot of these themes about uh, the haters, you know, boxing out the haters and making sure they're not in his uh, I guess airwaves um, and he, he runs with that theme he's worked with artists like Ty Dolla Signs he has a, a song with Buddy our guy Buddy, Buddy man Buddy's come up, up on every single episode we've done so far I'm pretty yeah. sure Buddy's popped up keeps popping up it's Buddy's, interesting he's one of my favorite artists now Buddy's it's interesting Buddy yeah don't sleep on he's Buddy. a Houston guy so Javon Doza he has a song with Bun B as well. Okay. Um, of course, King of Houston. Yeah. Of course. Fair to say. Also, Cap G, who was just recently shown on the XXL Freshman Issue uh, okay. this year. Cap so, G. Yeah. So he's he's worked with some artists. He, he's growing in terms of his fame. He's relatively young. But he has an interesting backstory um, that I think he can pull into his music as well. So um, he, he was actually a football player, um, something like a 4 3 40. Is what I read. From oh one wow! Of these. So he was like a Fast. potential recruit. He was a recruit. I think he was recruited, and then there were some injury issues. Now, mm. I, now I got this from I believe it was Double XL Mag that said this. Um, so I'm gonna quote them as my source here. Um, it reminds me of Dave East. Dave East was okay. also a recruit. He uh, and for those who don't know, Dave East is uh, signed a Mass Appeal, co-signed by Nas, yep. much like. My make your case artist, but we'll get into that. But yeah, he uh, he actually played with Kevin Durant. Oh really? Davies. Mm. Oh, yeah, wow. in AAU. But similar thing. I think he was actually Inj- kicked out of school or injury. Something so this like was that. basketball. You're saying? Yeah, basketball. Okay, okay. got yep. you. Yeah. So this guy. Another side note. 
he moved to LA from Houston with about uh, a few a few dollars in cash, five hundred dollars or so, um, and I guess a potential shot at a record deal. Um, and he's made it work ever since. He's kind of gotten out of that situation that could have been potentially homeless and kind of risen the ranks. And this new project that he has um, kind of displays, I guess, where he is at this point in his life. Um, to give you guys an example um, of this guy who I'm comparing to like a, an Isaiah Rashad or a, hmm, I would even say Vic Mensa, like I said earlier. But to give you guys an example, let me play one of his tracks called Love to Hate. Then they hate you again. They never want to see me up, they always want me back. First they love you, then they hate you, then they back around. First they love you, then they hate you, then they back around. First they love me, then they hate me, now they back around. Man, they never want to see me up, they always want me down. First they love you, then they hate you, then they back around. First they love you, then they hate you, then they back around. First they love me, then they hate me, now they back around, man. I had a dream, I could buy myself a friendship. I woke up and my friend went missing. I don't know if it's something that he ain't mentioned. Cause I didn't want to come me, but not attention. I had a dream, I went and settled with a normal girl. Till I woke up and realized this ain't a normal world. Cause I can't dedicate all my time and attention. She get the talk of me, son, and she ain't listen. Never want to see me up, they always want me down. First they love you, then they hate you, then they back around. Hey. Nice. Okay. So a guy that can mesh into the flow of the song pretty well. Word. And, and go with the river there. Ollie, I hear I hear a little bit of um, a little bit of Bumby. Okay. You know, in the flow. You know. Um, funny enough, I was playing international players earlier this week. Okay. And uh, yeah, I really I really hear that. Actually, a little bit of Pimp C. You know. Right. Um, right. Actually, right. Pimp C. The way the way he. Uh, Ends each bar. Mm-hmm. You know? Lay of right. sand. Yeah, yeah. Lay of sand. Yeah. That, uh-huh. hot, that long syllable at right. the end. Yeah, right. definitely. You know? I got so. you. Mm-hmm. Cool. Gotcha. Yeah. Like so him, like him. that's um, that's my guy. Again, I would give this new project he has, "My Life Changed Part One." Mm-hmm. Um, this EP that he has, I would give it a listen. Um, if you're into any of those artists that we just mentioned, um, again, he's got an interesting story and he's putting it onto to wax. And that's something that Kyle Lane Allen uh, really vibes with, and I hope that most listeners can too. Nice word. So do your homework on that. Will do. And uh, where where can they get that? You can find this on Spotify, Apple Music. Um, he also has a SoundCloud SoundCloud page. Javon Doe. Javon Doe. Javon Doe. Javon Doe. Okay. Check it out. And what you got, man? Hi. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> So, today I'll be making a case for two pioneers of drill music, um, <clears throat> Lil Durk and Lil Reese. Mm. Uh, we touched on this uh, drill music, I think, what was A couple it? episodes A couple back. episodes back. Yeah. yeah. Um, for those who aren't familiar with uh, drill music, it's just a, a style of trap music um, that originates from Southside Chicago um, and has really, like, grown uh, since, like, maybe late, late 2000s. 10 maybe I want to say uh, I think it was um, 2012 yeah 2012, 2012 more really really yeah with the chief Keith and yeah I mean for the most part it's, it's really hard and to some people it's extreme 
yeah. gangster rap. Yep. You know, to the extreme. max. Really yeah. extreme. So, the most. Uh, um, yeah, the album I'm putting on the table today for you guys is Super Vultures, which is a six song EP. Funny enough, Dang. going back to what Kyle was saying about how he okay. enjoys uh, the six song EP. Um, this has hard lyrics from uh, Lil Reese and uh, melodic flows from Lil Durk, as usual. Uh, if you're familiar with Lil Durk, you know his his uh, debut single, This Ain't What You Want, that really brought him to the to the scene. Uh, if you haven't, check it out on iTunes and you'll really get that feel. Before you actually check out this album, you'll actually see the growth, too. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but anyways, these two complement each other perfectly on this album. And I must say, I'm not too heavy into like drill music yeah. um at all but uh what caught my attention from this album was uh the production you know because i'm really heavy into production do you know who's on this one is it uh young it, chop I, um no i don't believe it's young chop but then again i'm not gonna lie to you guys i didn't go too heavy into finding out who yeah produced, no, i dig it um, i got you yeah. the album um young chop is a the young chop yeah it was pioneer it was pioneer the, yeah of drill music yeah. uh in the early years when it first dropped when it first came out um, I should say um, definitely on their previous projects both Lil Reese and Lil Durk um, but yeah anyways um, yeah they both improved from their previous projects um, but I gotta I gotta say both artists actually leveled up when it came to their lyrics um, <laughs> Jamie's looking at me already like yo what you about to say uh, yeah, now nah, I'm not I'm not saying it's like jaw dropping like complex <laughs> lyrics, <laughs> you, you know what I mean. But uh, you can definitely tell the guys actually sat down and actually took time to write. They upgraded okay. from to the, write. Uh, you know what I the mean? Yeah, rhymes. definitely right. Right. <laughs> hot takes. Oh, hot, hot take. Takes. Yeah, I, I guess you so. Just gotta rename Jeez, this thing. Man. Do your hot takes. Do right, your hot right. takes. Um, yeah, but uh, the the track I'll be playing for you today is unstoppable. Um, and it's a glimpse of uh, the life they uh, both artists experience and want to escape. Um, you'll hear Lil Reese, Lil Reese's um, choppy flow, complemented with Lil Durk's melodic, hard, emotional hook. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and pull that up for you guys. Yeah, man. What they and the got? song, yeah, is called Unstoppable. And here it goes. It's crazy, I used to trust you. You can't feel how I feel. I take them perkies and numbers. You can't let how I live. They be so mad cause I'm humble. Stream of the unstoppable. My vulture is unstoppable. Hey. hey all right yeah so um yeah i mean you hear that growth you hear the production i was talking about that's um definitely improved also high energy definitely yeah high yep. energy and uh the, the, the melodic friggin uh flow of uh low dirk on that mm. um but uh yeah so you guys go check that out um Where's that available? Uh, iTunes. Uh, the album is called Super Vulture. And Super is spelled S-U-P-A. So um, go check that out. Gym um, music. Definitely a good... Yeah. Good, good, good play uh, at the gym. Yeah, definitely. 
I mean, you know. I mean, if you're into that. Little Dirk. Okay. Yeah. All right, Dirk. I'm not going to lie. I've never really listened to the Little Dirk, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I was Is the case made for back. you, Kyle? I think so. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll, give it, all right. I'll give it a listen. Yeah. All right. You know, I'm not a, what, what do you call it? What's the term for their genre? Drillhead. Drill. Drillhead. Drillhead. Yeah. Drill bit. Definitely check style, out his first project if you can. Okay. Um, check out the first single that he dropped, um, debut single, which is uh, "This Ain't What You Want." Okay. Um, definitely, yeah, definitely. That's cool a song. heater. Yeah. That's definitely a heater. Let me, let me start there and then um, check into your case. Definitely. Afterwards. Okay. Awesome. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna sell you guys on why I think you should all listen to this new Fashan project. All right. That's who I'm doing this week. I'm doing Fashan. So, for those of you who don't know who uh, Fashan is, I believe he's from Fresno, California. He's a dude who was on the 2010 XXL uh, freshman list back when that list actually mattered. Mm. And when that mm. list actually had mm. reputable artists. Mm. Wait. Was that a hot take? Wait. Was that, was that I hot? I think that list still matters. No. Not, a, not after this year. But what, it, it maybe we It varies year to year. We'll talk about it that. It doesn't matter anymore. Wow. Uh, so here's... Uh, <laughs> oh straight up, man. Hot takes. Hot takes. It doesn't even matter anymore. We they they lost all their credibility How as far so? as I'm concerned. How so? After this year? Who they had on there? I mean, After what we played last week with the extens... Well, extens- last year was garbage too. What are you saying? What was Besides last year? Davies. Yeah. yeah Besides they, Davies. See, they, I'm sorry, Davies. I'm sorry that you had endured... Was Isaiah Rashad on last year's? Was he? I'm asking. When was Chance no, no. Rapper? Little Dicky? Little Dicky was on last year's. So, I don't think he's that bad. I don't rock with Little Dicky. Wow, okay. Little Davies, though. Shout out to Davies. Anyway, this is why you should listen to Fashan. <laughs> Go ahead. All right, so Fashan, 2010. He was That was a heavy-hitting class, too, if I'm not mistaken. 2010? 2010 was one of the... That might have even been... Can you that, cite something? Is that J. Cole? Hmm... That's a great. Is that J. Cole's year? Nipsey Hustle. Man, I Man, we can look it up real quick. Yeah, look, look it up. It up. Real quick. You, you look that up while I'm, at, while I'm selling you on Fashan. Mm-hmm. So Fashan has signed a Mass Appeal, which is Nas's record label. Um, very dope. Uh, so I've been following Fashan for a little bit now, mostly because, you know, Nas. I think it was in 2013, 2014, he started Mass Appeal Records, which is. Um, you know, Mass Appeal is also a publication. They've been like a skater magazine, hip hop magazine since I forget when. I forget when they were originally founded, but now they came back in full effect um, in the 2010s. And they do mostly like online stuff. Anyway, Nas signed on, put a lot of money behind this label, and started signing people. So one of his first signees. Uh, besides guys like Dave East and I, I think remember that guy Bishop Nuru. Yep. So those name. were some guys on there. And then Fashan and I, I didn't know much about this guy, but shortly after he uh he dropped a collaborative uh mixtape with Alchemist. Solely, mm. you know, I think it, that was like a six track EP once mm-hmm. again, solely produced by the Alchemist. And, you know, anything that Alchemist touches as far as I'm concerned. It's crap. You got my ears. Yeah, it's crap. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all ears because that guy is a absolute mastermind behind the production boards. So um, that's a major cosign. Nas is a major cosign. So I was like, all right. So I got to check this guy out. Mm-hmm. Um, very dope project. I believe I forget what that was called. Um, man, 
I'm blanking on the name of that project, but very dope for Sean Alchemist. Check that out. And um, so now he's back in 2017 in a major way. This just dropped on the 11th, August 11th, so a few days ago, and uh, I believe Friday. And just very dope, man. Like this guy is dope lyrically. He shows a lot of he shows a lot of versatility in in what he's able to do. I mean, he he has a few like absolute pump up tracks like that will get you just you know played in the gym or whatever just play it really loud in your car you'll feel you'll feel some type of way and he's just and he's just a very ta- talented lyricist as well very impressed by this dude's pen um so i don't want to do too much speaking about you know too much more speaking about him but mm-hmm. i just want to play i just want to play that the music. 2010 xl cover and who mm-hmm. else is on there man that's it's a good one we got j cole nipsey hustle wiz khalifa freddie gibbs j rock big Jay, sean Oof. okay those so, are the big names that so back have. when the list still mattered exactly <laughs> well, oh not really they had some weirdos they had some oj the juice man was on that yeah but there's always going to be one of those oj the juice <laughs> man yeah they got a there's always yeah. going to be one of those but those guys that i just listed clearly have had good careers yeah right. definitely so so um yeah we'll, we'll get into that double xl debate yeah we can we can debate that i can, if you guys I can want. argue about that definitely. all right if you want so without further ado the project is called mana um mana, mana. is spelled how m-a-n-n-a okay, and if mana. If any of you guys read the Old Testament, oh, yeah, if any of you what, are Jewish or Christian or you read the Old Testament, the book of Exodus, Moses gets this heavenly bread from God to feed the children the of Israel bread. called manna. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not sure what the significance is behind that in this project, right. but the first track that I'm about to play is called manna. Um, and in parentheses, it says Moses. So mm. I'm not sure what he's what he's getting at, but. You know, so, you know, that goes back to our conversation in earlier episodes about somebody having something to say besides just rapping for the sport of rapping. Right. right. Uh, So this guy, he might be hinting at a little bit of his faith or what he feels his mission is in this music industry or what he's doing. But needless to say, I was very impressed by this project. Um, Just going to play you the first track, Mana by Fashan. Still trying to see what my victories used to sound like, you know what I'm saying? We're working on it.
Yeesh. The guy, he, he sounds, uh. Production's he, fire. The production is fire. He sounds just like a Flows bat out of on hell. point. Determined. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those sharp, cutting Definitely lyrics. Taxes, yeah. You know what I mean? When I'm, when I'm listening to an artist and, I, and I'm trying to determine mm-hmm. where they're at lyrically, they always, you know, I'm looking for the setup and I'm looking for that delivery with every bar. And that's not to yeah. say that it has to be wordplay. That's not to say that it has to be this clever, witty line. It just has to. Delivery. It, it has, has to, to deli- hit. Yeah, it has to hit It's you. like that LL Cool J that you were exactly. talking about last right. week, Exactly. Right? You know, whenever you hear an MC and it's like you're getting all built up and then like the the punchline is like, ah, it's like, ah. Yeah, Man, it's a bad joke. big letdown. Yeah, it's a huge letdown. That's that's a huge um, determining factor. And and uh, this guy, when I when I listen to him, he delivers. Okay, he delivers. So, so he's got my stamp of approval, one hundred percent. You know the production, the cosigns, the record label. You know what this guy's about, man. He's mm. he's serious business. So I don't know that he'll necessarily have this grandiose career, but I think it's time for people to start paying attention. Well, I mean, he's been out for so long now. I mean, what, what has he done from 2010 well, he, up until now? It's, it's well, seven okay, years later, okay. right? So, um, you remember, were we talking about Blue and Exile's album, yes, Below the Heavens? absolutely. So, for Not Sean, on this podcast, but okay. obviously on our own time. Uh, off air. Um, so, Fashan has an album called Boy Meets World, I believe, mm-hmm. and that's solely produced by Exile. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, so, Exile? Yeah, Exile as in, too? That's legit. Yeah, so this guy is not... That's legitimate. He's not playing games. He's got uh, he's got an album solely produced by Alchemist, solely produced by Exile. That's legitimate, okay. He's he signed a massive... I mean, not that you should really go off cos- cosigns alone, but this guy is not playing. You know, he's, he's earned the respect of some serious, you know, people with... Uh, serious reputations and uh industry hip-hop just veterans mm. beasts so it seems like he himself is probably a veteran now at this point too i mean seven years potentially long time i mean it takes time to grow sometimes really. yeah sometimes it takes it takes time for people to grow well, I, and I, find their sound and for people to pay attention and sometimes i mean i guess that's part he, of becoming a veteran and though, here's right? the this, thing this process of growing right. into mm-hmm. to something right. towards the end True. I mean, like you mentioned, he came out on the same year as um, Wiz Khalifa and yeah. Big Sean and guys right. like yeah. that. When sometimes what happens is J. there'll Cole be a too. exactly. Sometimes what happens, I think, is when you're coming out amongst guys like that who have not only the talent but sure. also the backing of like yeah. a Kanye West or a Jay Z. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, very yeah. easy to get overshadowed, especially if what you're doing is not really commercially marketable stuff. Um, if you're just spitting bars and if you're getting albums solely produced by, you know, the, the producers that I mentioned before, it's like, it's easy to get overshadowed. So I, mm. I don't know that I call real. him That's, a, a I like veteran, that. but I don't know. He sounds determined on this project and he sounds like it's hard to ignore him at this point. So this point, is his so. sophomore album. Uh, this is his third album, actually. Third album, right. Yeah. So I, I think Quality it was, control right there. I like that. The less frequency of the yep, album drops. Yep. I think right. the first one, I forget the first year, uh, but I think it may have been 2010, 2011 with Boy Meets World by uh, with Exile. And does he have mixtapes, too, in between? Yeah, yeah. So he, he had the Alchemist mixtape. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Okay. And I want to find the name of that Alchemist mixtape, too, as well. So uh, bear with me for a second. Um, yeah, it's called Fashionably Late, the Alchemist. Uh, okay, 
and he's got Boy Meets World, that was 2013. He's got The Ecology, which I think was his first Mass Appeal album. Anyway, the dude is dope. Check nice. it out. So what's the name of this album? It is called Mana. Mana. By Fashan, 2017. And again, for the, the listeners, it's Oh, yeah, Apple Music. Yeah. I'm sure it's on Spotify. Nice. Might be on Tidal if you want to sign up to that. But you probably don't. <laughs> you, oh, it sound like a shop, man. It sounded yeah, like a shop, man. You probably don't want to sign up to title. Oh man. my god, that's gonna tank. Jeez. Sorry. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, like that. no doubt. So, right, Kyle, so, moving so on. this is where we're gonna move into the by the year segment. We're about halfway through here, and uh, we're in the year of 1986. So, at this year, we're we're starting to enter into what people deem. We're, we're on the heels of what people deemed hip-hop's first golden age mm. so just a period of like just absolute you know brilliance and creativity and like just incredible music coming from everywhere yeah. um and i think to quote some of hip-hop's foremost and uh, most reputable historians it started in 87 and ended in 1990 that, that may wow. have been I, I and i might be wrong about that so don't don't quote me on that i, I need to do my homework <laughs> once again but um anyway 86 was a good year for hip-hop this was uh well actually i'm not gonna take the floor there you go 86 to, to allude to what jamie's saying i had a tough time this week picking between Africa Bambada mm-hmm. and his collective, Zulu Nation. Okay. Mm-hmm. You may have heard of them. May have heard of them. Um, and this trio that I'm about to discuss, Salt and Pepper. Okay. Um, and this was tough for me because Africa Bambada, obviously, they've put out great music. Pioneers. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. you can listen to some of the tracks there. They're, they're definitely influential. The classic refrain mm-hmm. in hip hop absolutely um, however I had to go to the sisters salt and pepper for this one because what I like about this project which is called hot cool and vicious is because it's crazy influential for mm-hmm. a generation and a, a new branch of MCing coming from the women's side and the women's perspective absolutely um you know, I, I talked a little bit about misogyny right. coming up in Schoolie D's lyrics last time. And, right. you know, I was going through some of the, the LL Cool J stuff. And yeah, it seems like a lot of the times women are seen in these songs. And even now it happens. Women are seen as objects of desire. Right. Mm-hmm. Something to be won by the men. Mm-hmm. They're on the side. They're on the peripheral. Right. Um, either that or they're sexualized. Right. 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 Both. Both. Right. So very one dimensional. Right. Whereas with this Salt and Pepper project, we see two MCs and a DJ come on the scene. They're rapping, they're spinning. DJ mm-hmm. Spinderella is spinning on the, um, obviously on the turntables. Um, and I think for women coming up during this time, that must have been so refreshing to see. Right. Um, because I'm sure there are some women that loved hip hop, but didn't have their voice being represented in the music. Right. Um, sure, they had Roxanne, Shantae, drop her freestyle, which was was pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think Salt and Pepper really put women on the map, and just to show how influential they are, let's let's look at the title of this album: Hot, Cool, and Vicious. Right. 
three adjectives. How mm. many times have we seen that play out? How many times have we seen that play out in R&B? Hot, cool, and vicious. Uh, TLC. You see TLC. 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 Yeah. Crazy, sexy, cool. TLC. Yeah. Ninety-four. Mm. Even now, Kalani. What's her last album called? Sweet, sexy, savage. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. So when when we look at those three adjectives, that's something that women, I think, have, especially in this industry, have definitely, um, I guess, used to show the multiple dimensions uh, of who they are. Um, hot, cool, and vicious. Maybe they call that album this because they do show a cool, hot, and vicious side. All on this track. Three members. Three three different dimensions. Yeah, three different dimensions, um, as opposed to just the object of desire. Um, A song like Push It is very sexual. Yeah. Right? Of course. (laughs) Um, But they also have a song called... You can guess what that's about. (laughs) (laughs) They also have a song called My Mic Sounds Nice, which kind of gives off this braggadocious bravado a little bit, right? Mm. They're talking about how nice their mic sounds, and then DJ Spinderella's spinning on the track there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, then they have like these player anthems. They have a song called Tramp, where they're actually calling men tramps, as opposed to yeah. a little Flip subversive. The script. Right? And, and as opposed to them being called tramps or I women like being it. called tramps, they're I calling like it, out tramp. men. I so like th- these guys, or sorry, these women, um, they're confident, and I think they steal the show and push it. Really puts salt and pepper on the map as it becomes a gold and a platinum track, mm-hmm. leading this project to become i believe gold and platinum uh, wow. i'm not sure what years those went platinum but um it definitely definitely um, bo- has some nice numbers back then was like <clears throat> going platinum really going platinum back then was like michael jackson yeah you know mm-hmm. what i mean well but, i mean it it brings up something that's worth being uh you know kind of thought of more which is we're starting to get into years where now hip hop is not so you know playground anymore and it's like it's putting it's, up numbers yeah, it's it's it's, numbers. it's it's impossible mm-hmm. to ignore at yeah. this point i mean i don't know if the they charts. were getting uh videos played on mtv yet or anything I'm, I'm at this sure. point I, maybe i don't know what year check. yo mtv rap started but i sure. think salt and pepper and all these you know type of acts were on and, there and, and we know that salt and pepper Freaky. actually are, they're hip-hop pioneers i mean right um later on down the line they partner with En Vogue on songs, and um, nice. they they really do solidify themselves as respectable artists. Um, but I, I think what I like about this is they show a different side of their MCing um, that might not be seen by the masses who are looking at a song like Push It. Mm. Um, mm. Obviously, Push It might be an introduction. So they have bars. They got some bars. I mean... Granted, I saw some silliness in them. I, I think they had a Daffy Duck line that was like, okay, I'm like, all right. A dash of fat boys in there. Okay, y- y'all a little goofy, but they're having yeah. fun. They're having fun I with mean, it. That's, so that's important. And that's all, what it's all about while they're putting on for, um, you know, the females. And I, I think that's awesome. So let me play um, part of one of their songs called I Desire, which I think gives a nice glimpse of the two MCs and the, the production as well. We're on a mission, dissing all of the opposition. MCs, it's my butt you're kissing because I desire, desire. Yo, 
to imitate, but none has come near. So you see why everybody stands up and cheer. And if you really think about it, you know what it means to be a female rapper from the heart of Queens and see others dream about being supreme. The one on the scene to start killing kings. People claim too wild to take on stage. We behave like I desire. Yeah, I think they really hit that track kind of cleanly and. This just shows the branching out of hip-hop, right? We got three strong women hopping on the track, doing their thing, competing and sounding the same as an LL Cool J does at this mm. time. And I, mm. think that's, I think that's awesome. I could not not go with Salt and Pepper this week. No, absolutely. You know? I, I think that was important that you, you did. did yeah. Yeah, I'm glad was... you did because, like you said, hip-hop is notorious for being a, a genre full of misogyny and all types of stuff and it's important to understand that women had a very loud voice and important role in shaping what hip-hop was in its early stages and today absolutely i mean like without without women in hip-hop it's just a you know you're 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 missing out you're you're it's just incomplete that's what i'm trying to say it's incomplete and anyway yeah so it's subversive, like I said. It, it goes against the grain, and I mean, they're they're showing how they can be hot, cool, and vicious all throughout this nine-track album, um, and I I loved it. Awesome. Oh. What was the name of the album? Hot, cool, vicious. Hot, cool, and vicious. Salt and pepper, and where, where can uh, our listeners get that? Please go to Spotify or Apple Music. I think those are gonna be the the best places. Okay. Nice. Check it out. Work. Do it. Alright. And Runner up. And what none you got? other. None other than some Jewish white boys. Hey. The Beastie Boys. It was only a matter of time. Yeah, it was only a matter of time, I know. Um Alright, so the Beastie Boys, I'm gonna be talking about them today. Uh the album is called License to Ill. Um and that was produced by Rick Rubin. Mm-hmm. Once again, we see Rook Rubin Making pop up a again. Yeah, major mark yeah, on the game. Definitely. Um, the group members are MCA, um, who actually recently passed away in 2012. So rest in peace to rest him. Rest in peace. Um, Ad Rock and uh, Mike D. Yeah. Um, it's funny, um, just to go off topic just a little bit, but not too much. Uh, I was talking to Jamie Kyle about um, early this week. Actually, Maybe no, I said, to, said we all we all seen it. I was talking about how like the artwork. You may have noticed this too of oh, the yeah, albums right. that like starting with '86, they started to become more artistic. I'm yeah. not not saying all the album covers before right. were were garbage, but <laughs> you know what I mean. You see right. more more thoughtful uh, artwork uh, on these albums. Um, like the license to ill is just a tail wing uh, or tail end of a of an airplane. The American flag saying license right. to ill, you know, which is a really cool um, art cover. But um, yeah, with any further ado, um, I'm gonna dig into this for you guys. Uh, so the Beastie Boys were, as you all know, the first white rap group. If you didn't know, now you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Now we know. <laughs> um, they were founded in 1981 by MCA. Um, funny enough, the group was uh, originally founded as a as a punk group, so it wasn't. Really? Yeah, it wasn't even a, a rap group uh, in the early nineteen eighties. Whose idea was that? Do you know? MCA. 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 Okay. Yeah, and they saw it was already it was not really dying off, but 
he wanted to um he saw hip-hop as like a way to like merge the two and like mm. create something new and okay. funky you know what i mean mm-hmm. um obviously being a white rap group these guys endured a lot of hate criticism and were constantly accused of cultural pirating by other musicians now those other musicians it sounds like first beef i don't know (laughs) we spoke about this yeah you know what i mean um which was heavy i mean uh, i don't know who those musicians were that called them out during that time period i mean if you guys find out please let us know um via instagram or twitter um but yeah i mean uh it, it I mean, it makes sense, I guess, because hip hop was kind of that, 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 like you were saying, Jamie, it was a way of like people getting their voice out, you know, yeah, their problems heard. And then you have like these three Jewish kids who actually came from wealthy middle, middle class families. They weren't, it's not right. like they were like poor kids. Cause you hear other hip hop artists and they're all talking about the gutter, the hood and yeah. drug dealing and all the stuff they seen. And they're trying to make it out to get to that place. And you got these other kids who are kind of like participating and participating in in, in our, their in arena our, yeah, yeah right in our playground you know um yeah so actually uh in the 19 early 80s um like i was saying these guys weren't taken serious at all um it wasn't until this debut album license to ill that people in hip-hop in the hip-hop community actually gave them an ear and it you probably know? didn't hurt having that Def Jam stamp of approval. I was exactly. About to say, with exactly. Run DMC and huge, LL Cool. Which which at this huge. point, Def Jam has their stronghold on the rap game. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. Yep. That's what it absolutely. seems. It's just synonymous. Rap yeah. Def Jam. That's what it is. So. Yeah, because funny enough, I mean, this album was um, released uh, under the, the, the Def Jam label, like yep, Jamie had right. mentioned, um, with a hardcore production from Rick Rubin. As you know, Jamie's... Um, I think it was the, the last episode, I believe. We're talking about Rick Rubin. LL, yeah, LL. LL Cool J's album. Um, yep. Uh, yeah, this album is full of hard flows, hard guitar riffs, hard kicks and snares, which is like becoming a more trendy thing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially with the Def Jam albums, I'm noticing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, well, obviously, because I mean, Rick Rubin's Rick the, main Rubin's, produ- <laughs> yeah. the main producer. The main producer. Yeah, it's the whole package. Uh, you get the hardest of Rick Rubin. In this uh, on this album, all right. So the song I got lined up for you guys today is called "No Sleep Till Brooklyn." They really were animated, and that's that's partly why I think they weren't taken so serious. Yeah. I mean, you kind of hear that, you know, they changed the tone of their voices and sounded like kind of like cartoon characters a little bit, not to like crash on them. You You can hear that punk. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Definitely. Yep. Yep. Um, So, 
I guess, you know, they, they're kind of pioneers with the crossing of the genres, too, yeah. you know, and merging them. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think groups like them are just so important. Well, here's another thing that, once again, we keep seeing common trend here. The biggest acts in these 80s seem to be, up until this point, all groups. Salt and Pepper. Absolutely. Right. Beastie Boys. Except I, I mean, you guys see. LL, exactly. Except which LL. goes back to what we were talking about. Yeah. He was the guy. Yeah. He right. was that guy. But yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's so important that, uh, you know, for three white guys to come out doing some punk sounding mm-hmm. animated craziness and to have success. Yeah. Right. Despite that right. initial pushback, super important for the genre, you know? Exactly. I think ultimately. It uh, definitely paved the road for other other white rap artists. A like lot of white rap artists cite them as as a Role main models, source of yeah. inspiration like oh we can participate too exactly this isn't just for you know black and brown people right and right. it's true you know everybody's welcome but just you know make sure you're bringing that that truth bring something <laughs> bring something to the table right please. right right Jeez. um oh. yeah so uh for, for the listeners um now what's interesting this is interesting mm-hmm. they don't have a dj do they there's no dj in the group do they Actually, I think they do. No, do they? they do. Okay. Um, let me let me pull that up for you guys. Because there was Mike D, MCA, yeah. and Ad Rock. Uh huh. Which one was was one um, of them the DJ or I no? I think it was three was, rappers. I think it was separate. And the DJ was another other person. Man, we need to the be re- doing our homework. Well, the reason I asked that is because potentially maybe with technology advancing and Def Jam maybe getting more money, maybe they don't need DJs. As part of the group, so I'm trying to figure out when the DJ kind of gets faded out. But um, I don't know. I don't know because uh, I have him so here. Have Mix okay. Master Mike. Okay. I mean, now did he contribute to License to Ill? Um, I can't quote that. Okay. Um, definitely for the listeners. Um, if you guys look that up once okay. again, let us I'm, know. I'm just trying to but, be hyper aware of. Yeah, I, I yeah. Guess no, when they that, did. They that did. change happens. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Well, LL Cool J probably didn't have one, right? Uh, a DJ? Yeah. I'm sure he did. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. No, he absolutely did. And I've, I'm blanking on his name, but gotcha. he was uh, a huge contributor to uh, his radio album, which which I played, okay. la- which gotcha. I was mm. covering last week. And, um, you know, huge contributions in terms of the way that that album sounded and what he contributed. I mean... I don't think you can separate the DJ from hip hop. I mean, hip hop was started by a DJ, mm. and that goes back to Cool Herc. Um, yeah, the so his his DJ was. Uh, don't know if that's factual right there. Though. Nah, that, that, that <laughs> must have been later on. And yeah. showing me uh, a source, yeah. and I, I I that that was probably later on. Um, but uh, so I guess that leaves me. Go ahead. Oh. Not to cut you off, um, for the listeners, if you want, check out the album on iTunes, um, License to Ill by the Beastie Boys. Check it out. All right, Jamie. All right, so the album that I am covering this week is Raising Hell by Run DMC. Mm-hmm. Now, Run DMC has been around since at least 84 up to this point, so we've been talking about, or 85 was it? We've been talking about them in basically every um, episode thus far, um, and that's by no mistake because run dmc is a major part of the 80s it's a major part of hip-hop they are 
one of the biggest groups ever and they defined the way that the genre sounded and in a major way during the 80s so raising hell is their third album once again you have russell russell simmons and if you're wondering why the gap is there between the first album that we covered versus the second i think one of us we skipped over covering them last episode because they also dropped in yeah. 85 uh, as well went back to back to back back to back to back Oof. yeah so they're just they're just going hard so since 84 85 86 once again third album um once again russell uh russell uh simmons and rick rubin are responsible for the production on this album and this album just has some of their their biggest songs and i i really want to dive deep into the history one of these episodes probably should have been this one but to be honest i don't have the story for you ready but this album has my adidas it has peter piper it has it's tricky and mm, most wow. notably it has walk this way Oof. which was huge as far as the genre melting yeah. once again with other genres and being a cover of the aerosmith song absolutely, by the same title absolutely. walk this way yeah. so that was huge that was just a huge moment in hip-hop when uh getting that cosign from aerosmith and um having those two i think the video was just so groundbreaking because it has run dmc in one studio yep then aerosmith in another studio and it has them performing the songs and then i believe if i'm not mistaken that they knocked down the they, walls, they knocked down the walls <laughs> yeah. and that's just real symbolic it's of the, the merging of those two songs um sounds rather the genres and just showing how inclusive i mean you're talking about punk with yeah. beastie boy right and you know we've been talking about disco now we're talking about rock yeah um you know, hip-hop is really a melting pot for all these sounds to come together. Absolutely. Um, Raising Hell, I believe, is the point in time when critics stopped saying that hip-hop was going to be a fad. Because mm. up until this point, everybody was just looking at hip-hop like, when is this just going to when is this gonna fizzle out? When, when is this just going to... It's just going to come and go, just like other fads. But this album let people know that they were here to stay. And I believe it was for because of collaborations like that and um you know that track my adidas is just so such an important song because this was uh, a moment in time where hip-hop started getting looks from corporations and started to see hip-hop as a viable way to make money off this culture because i believe there's a story and i'm gonna once again i'm gonna kind of wing it a little bit here but i'm gonna tell the story where I believe they were performing this track, My Adidas, and in a stadium full of people. And the members of Run DMC start performing the song, My Adidas. And they, they, as soon as they drop the needle on this record, all the fans in the entire stadium take the shoes off their feet and they're all holding their Adidas up in the air. And I believe that 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 was a point where Adidas uh looked at this genre and started to say wow that's crazy mm. because of because of these artists we can st- we can start selling more shoes we can and that's why adidas is such an integral part of hip-hop culture as well it's just you know i mean you can make a case really for a lot of different brands being important to mm-hmm. yeah. uh, hip-hop you know Kangol. jordans and nikes and Kangol and yeah. all that but i think this really kicked it off with like 
these these corporations and these companies looking at hip hop and being like, all right, we can make some money sure. with it with the uh, cosigns of these artists. So these partnerships started to blossom out of that. Anyway, I'm gonna play you my favorite track off Raising Hell, and uh, it's hard to choose, but it's you know this is something I've been listening to since I was in seventh eighth grade, man. My own personal introduction to hip hop started with songs like this, Peter Piper, off of Raising Hell, the title, no, not the title track, the first track on the album, mm-hmm. and man, it's just self-explanatory, <laughs> it's, Peter no words Piper. need to be said, here it is. Now Peter, Piper, pick peppers, but run right, rhyme, Humpty, Dumpty, fell, down, that's his heart, time, Jack, nimble, what, nimble, and he was, quick, but jam, mass mud, faster, jacks or jays, That's just mm, a lot of creativity there. That's just science right there. there. That's, that's nice. That's incredible. Um, I also wanted to play. Uh, so, what's interesting about that track? One thing I thought would be interesting to bring up with you guys about that track is I was listening to it. And I was kind of struck because these guys are not necessarily even a bragging about how dope they are. They spend the whole track bragging about how dope their DJ is. So that whole track, they're bragging on how dope Jam Master J is. Yeah. Wow, they've and done that before too on they, their other albums. They, they do it, Jam but, Master J. but that's just so tight to yeah, me because you know hip hop is just known as being such a yeah. bravado and being about the man and you're the man yeah, and you're telling yeah, everybody yeah. why you're the man. But this whole track, they're saying the my the DJ, boy, yeah. he's the best. He best believe he's the baddest man, and they're just and it's dope and they're doing it through nursery rhymes and. That classic Bob James sample, which you'll come to hear in so many other hip hop tracks. I think that that um that breakbeat, that loop, that bing 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 ding ding, and I'm gonna play that actually for you right here. That, that track is just so important because I think that is actually the single most sampled song in hip-hop history. Whoa. That Whoa, Take Me to Mardi is- Gras. Okay. Yeah. Is that the fact? I think that's a fact. Wow. Mm. Uh, and, and once again, we can fact check on that. <laughs> but it is, and if that is not the single most, I think there's a David Axelrod song actually that might be competing with competing with that Bob James track for a single most sampled song in hip hop history but it's up there it's been sampled over like a hundred times gotcha. at least mm. so that's just uh, you know you you might hear that in a Missy Elliott track I think that was in Work It or something yeah, like that yep. mm-hmm. you know um, but very dope very very dope uh, this, this album sold tons of records and here's a little fun fact for you Public, Public Enemies Chuck D considered this album the reason why he wanted to uh, sign with Def Jam Records. Wow. So when Public Enemy was coming out, 
This is a label they signed to because of this album. Wow. Cool little factoid. Throwing that for you. So yeah, man. Yeah. Raising Hell. Check it out on iTunes, Spotify. See, this is this is cool because I'm starting to see that Def Jam is just almost monopolizing the game. They're monopolizing. Yeah. 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 And, and 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 we we should talk a little bit more about that in in subsequent episodes because. Yeah. And if they have all these artists under one roof, there has to be some rival label coming up. Oh, and absolutely. That's definitely coming in the next and, two and, or three and years. And that will I be imagine. coming soon. <laughs> but and I think this is a good time to actually speak on another podcast that me and Amanda listen to. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. Yeah. It's a six-part series told by um, uh, this guy, Combat Jack. Um, he's a, he's a notable podcast guy and, um, you know, very, very dope voice in hip hop. He tells the story of Chris Lighty, who is a manager of guys like 50 cent Mm. and, you know, not only 50 cent, but he was responsible for really the revival of Def Jam. If I'm not mistaken, he was tasked with that. And then he's, and he's responsible for guys like Busta Rhymes careers and, uh, so I highly recommend that. That's on iTunes as well. It's called Mogul. Check that out. Super informative. Thanks for that. And it gets in on that. It, it speaks about uh, Def Jam's rise, his fall, and then this guy Chris Lighty, who was basically tasked to revive it once right. again and bring guys in. And guys like, uh, well, you'll just have to tune in to find <laughs> out. But very dope. Very dope. Um, very cool stuff. Yeah. So nice. Nice, we're moving on to. We're moving on to current events. Current events. Uh, what a week. What a week. What a week. Who wants to start it off here? Man, I, mean, I don't even. Oh, my God. Well. Let's talk about the Charlottesville we, protest very quickly. Yeah. Get that one out of the way since that's the big one. That's the big one. Um, so does anybody have the full story about what happened here? Um, hold up. Seems that some protesters, um, some White Lives Matter protesters. So apparently there were some white nationalists. There was a white nationalist uh, protesting. And uh, I think they were chanting something to to the effect of, you will not replace us, you will not replace us, which is a common theme at the heart of the white nationalist movement where they feel like they're being pushed out of their country where the white populace is diminishing and other you know ethnic uh groups and populations are moving in and over taking their jobs and taking over everything taking over the culture and um so i believe what happened was is there was from my understanding from from what i've seen on the news and things of that nature there was um and i think you were speaking about this earlier Ant, but somebody was driving their car and actually hit and killed well there was yeah. a counter protest that was going on there's a counter protest to this it. white nationalist group mm-hmm. by the thomas jefferson uh i guess it's a statue okay um right. on the uva charlottesville area okay and i think that's when the chaos started breaking out mm-hmm. um just sad yeah, I mean, if we could just say that, I mean, I was looking at some of the footage, and it's just like it's it's really sad to say that this is America in 2017. I can't say I'm extremely surprised. 
I mean, history is doomed to repeat itself when right. we don't when we don't learn from the past. And I think America has a very dark history in terms of you know race relations. A very you know history, obviously, filled yeah. with so much turmoil and just straight out tragedy and i don't think that any of that's ever been truly reconciled yeah and people tend to forget that you know things like the civil rights movement of the 60s was you know that's like 50 years ago really wasn't that long ago my mom was a teenager when that stuff was going on so i hope there's some good that can come out of this i i I really hope so because things are looking really ugly and not to not to make this episode all somber and stuff like that but i mean it truly is a moment of that we should be taking time to reflect and uh think about where we're at as a country because right and even right now i just popped open twitter and um this is really fresh news just one hour ago apparently police are clashing with crowds at a protest in seattle yeah and it's an alt-right protest met with a counter protest once again in seattle washington and the police are engaging with the crowds, pepper sprays, ball blasts, and it's getting violent. So it seems like it's a, a ripple effect, right? It's, mm. a, it's a ripple effect. One starts, yeah. another one's going to start in another state, and, and so right. on and so forth. So, you know, I'm not saying don't march, just be safe. Right. Be safe and right. try and be safe when you're, when you're out there fighting for your rights right be safe Um, and be smart and you know that's not once again i think that's important you say that kyle i mean of course i'm not trying to come off as saying to discourage anybody from getting out there in fact i'm proud if you do (laughs) yeah that's courageous (laughs) yeah but it is you know you you do have to be safe and um you know unfortunately i think a lot of times these protests do end in violence because it's just you know, and and it's sad that we we have to come back to that yeah. as people. We can't seem to settle our differences without violence, and that's just the history of the human race overall. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's filled with lots of violence and change coming as a result of it. So, right. on a related note, Marshawn Lynch sat during the national anthem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Pete Rock. Um, I believe, oh man, maybe I'm misciting this. Someone in the music industry is actually uh, blackballing the NFL and is mm, refusing. Yeah, I've been seeing that as well. Is refusing I've been to, seeing that. I think it's Pete Rock. They're not watching any uh, games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It might, it might be Pete Rock. Rock. Yeah. Mm. We'll um, see if it catches on because the NFL is like, that's America's that's America's yeah. game right there. It, it, yeah, so we're seeing that, you know, NFL is obviously getting some, some harsh... Uh, airtime right now yeah it's it's uh, a, also ezekiel elliott uh six game suspension six game suspension which so, i don't even re- know re- yeah i know but it's really hard to see a league that is admired by so many slowly go down the tank yeah um it's just got a problem i mean we have a lot of problems there's an issue here yeah. in this country and that league that we have to face and um you know, it's just important to note that, uh, you know, money's being made. Yeah. And we got to think about who's benefiting and who's suffering in these instances and whose voices are being hushed and who's profiting and all that amidst all this chaos. So it's important stuff. But I think we should probably, you know, 
we've set our piece on that and i mm-hmm. think it's time to maybe speak on some more lighthearted yes. stuff right definitely. just because you know <laughs> speak you know it's it's important conversations to have and we do encourage you to have to those conversations it, yeah. but mm-hmm. at the same time we're not here to weigh, weigh you down with anything we're yeah. just trying to give you give you the facts some other topics give, give you some give you some facts and you got? we're trying to Usain Bolt rough Rough oh, way to yes. go out. Man, um, saw it last night. Jeez, man. Really sad to see. I, I never thought he would go out that way. And I That's don't week think, two. But I don't think, I, for some reason, there's some inkling in me that thinks he's not going to end on this. Maybe. I mean, he's I a, hope. I hope not. Like like we mentioned, I think, I think we mentioned him before, too, in a past episode. But he's a legend, man. He, he is. He's yeah, there, well, but he's well, a it's tough to go That's what out I mean. on this a is note week like two. this. Oh, I'm it's sure. It's tough to go on a note like this. Yeah, I'm sure. Last week, he lost to... Justin Gatlin. Justin Gatlin, you know, mm-hmm. and then this week, uh, I think something it wasn't it wasn't an injury, but I know he went down. Yeah. Uh, midway through the race, um, seen him grabbing up. onto it his uh, hamstring. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you guys have predictions for Thrones? Because Thrones is getting really crazy. After oh, last week's shivers, episode, man, shivers. I mean, and once again, when people hear this, it's going to be a little bit late, but. You're right. If just to update you about where we're at currently at this time of recording, we just saw the uh, we just saw Khaleesi's dragon basically burn the entire <laughs> Lannister army, or right. at least a good portion of it. Where mm-hmm. I don't know the size actually, I don't know how much damage they really did, but they definitely made oh, a statement. Oh, they did some damage. No, yeah. That was their oh, whole money load. Yeah, that they were mm-hmm. carrying back to mm-hmm. Cersei to help with the bank situation. And, and what I'm what I'm glad about I was talking yeah, about this major news is uh, I'm glad they used that weapon on that dragon because now she knows alright they have this weapon that can possibly oh, yeah, right. injure point. my dragon you know what oh, I mean yeah. and, which um, I'm glad about so maybe they can uh, in turn build some type of armor for the dragons or something like that yeah. I'm just glad all three dragons is, weren't out there That's how, how, how can Cersei true. even build that if she doesn't have the money that's the question she got, well, she got her, got her loans, hand I though guess. I don't know what their bank accounts their bank accounts she are, got a, she got a credit card they're struggling her hand built she said that, put it know, on the or Amex. designed it, I should say. Yeah, but there's obviously some materials that are right. being tossed in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or their sources, like, what are their resources like, you know? I don't know. IOUs. I, that's what <laughs> to it the seems Iron like. Bank. Seems Seriously. Like Lannisters hey, we'll pay you re- back. They're not repaying those debts as Lannisters much. Lannisters always pay their debts, so. <laughs> Do they? I don't know. <laughs> we shall I've see. I've been trying to figure that out for a while. Yo, and honestly, that, that wound to uh, Drogon, the dragon, Yeah. Mm-hmm. it may be more serious than people are thinking. Yeah, because I agree. What I'm hearing is that they may have dipped the 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 spear point in uh, what's it called poison. Oh wow! And mm. That's a theory, evolved. though. That's a theory, but we'll mm. see. It may not have just been some little innocent, like you know, shoulder hit. Right. It might have been, you know, we'll see. But what I'm what I'm we'll hearing this tonight. is this is a theory yes. that uh, for every dragon, there's a Targaryen to ride one. Oh wow! So you're saying so that's ooh, a Tyrion? That's, that's from the book. Well, supposedly, Tyrion isn't a Targaryen quote unquote. though. There, there's a rumor. Who? There's a rumor. Who isn't? Rumors. Who isn't a Targaryen? Tyrion. 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 Yeah. He's a rumor. The rumor though. There's, there's a, a lot of rumors. There's a lot of rumor theories. Jon Snow. Jon Snow. Well, Jon Snow. Snow. I don't even think that's a theory anymore. Though. That's, I think that's, that's, a that's just a fact. That's a fact. I'm not gonna take that as a fact. I don't know. I will completely. It is. Go ahead. It's a fact. Yeah. You didn't know. I don't know if it's true or not. Nah, I don't know. I, I, I'm you pretty see sure. Uh, conf- uh, <laughs> his vision. His vision. 
Showed with, that uh, his parents. Oh, yeah, I know, in the tower. I, yeah. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, I saw it. Liana mm-hmm. I, and... I still um, don't know. You don't think it's... I still don't know. Liana mm-hmm. and Rhaegar. I guess the only way to find out is if one of the dragons actually try to... I, Again, burn Jon Snow ooh, and he just stands true. there like yo true. I'm Targaryen baby he's part Stark how can you say that's fact yeah. just based off that tower scene because of the way that they cut it that doesn't mean anything I mean maybe <laughs> they want you to believe I, I'm saying mm. it's pretty uh, I'm pretty sure okay. so basically, I'm pretty sure he's a Targaryen okay <laughs> I don't know it's tough man we will find she was out. married to why, a Targaryen that, wasn't she why can't that be she was Kidnapped by a Targaryen, wasn't it? It was a kidnap. So whose son would he be then? If if he's not a Targaryen, then who whose son would he be? He's not a Baratheon. And he's, he's not, not Ed's. He's not. Uh, what's it called? Robert Robert Baratheon. He, he's no. not Ned Stark's son. He's Lyanna Stark's son. So mm-hmm. who was the who was the pappy? Who's the daddy? <laughs> we'll see. Who's the daddy? I don't know. Rhaegar. Rhaegar Targaryen. Facts. We'll see. Which means he will be son heir the to the throne. King. So I've heard that yeah. Tyrion. Is actually not Tywin's son. Yeah, I've heard that. Yep, I heard that theory, and that uh, his uh, mother was raped yep. by the Mad King. So, Dang. think about that. That's the reason I say Tyrion could actually potentially be a Targaryen as well. There's a lot but of like loopholes. we said, for every dragon, like three. Who would the third Targaryen. be? Well, the three would be Jon Snow, Daenerys, Daenerys Tyrion, his her older brother who died by the mm-hmm. hands of Khal Drogo. Oh, yeah, he, Oh, he dead. So that would be a second. <laughs> and the third would be Rhaegar, but he's dead. He's been dead. Mm-hmm. Been dead. Yeah. He done He done died. He, that he boy done gone. died. So we'll see. What I happened mean, to that boy? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Do we think Jamie Lannister's going to convert to the Cersei's? Not Cersei's army, sorry. Who's Daenerys' his? army? Jamie? Absolutely he's definitely going to be a Absolutely not. prisoner of war. will always be to his sister. But his, uh, his, we'll lover. his role, yeah. his Sister role now, lover. I think is going to get closer to what has been foreshadowed is, is in every alive? season. He's you been called he's the Kingslayer, and I, and I do believe he's going to be the one to. He's so weak though; he can't even fight anymore, man. That, he can't. No, that no. hand is no not helpful. Well, now we know uh, he's either dead or he's going to be Daenerys' uh, prisoner. So I mean, it's not good either way. Yeah. So. We shall find out. We shall find out. All right. Well, I think that Juicy. that just about does it for us here. Yes, sir. Do your homework, studios. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Make sure to tune in next week. Hit subscribe. Follow us. Yep. If yep. you don't follow us, then just figure it out, man. Hey, yo, Jamie. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Man. Follow us at DYH Podcast nice. on uh, Instagram. Are we on SoundCloud too, Jamie? Yeah, uh, is that a, uh, we are, we are. So no, you, you know what? My bad. I just told you guys a lie. Damn, we gotta get it together. My fault. <laughs> On Instagram, we are Do Your Homework Pod. So just follow us there, and then you'll you, you'll get the rest of us from yeah. there. If you want to follow us, if you're into that kind of stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, Pardon. thanks for tuning in. Peace. Peace. Do it. <laughs> we see notes, bank. We see notes. I gotta see. I gotta see.